glad you tuned in to Cafe Racer Radio for Sunday Mornings with Cindy Ann. I'm your host, Jerry Hauser, and welcome to a new day. A new day that finds me in the land of Sweden. <laughs> a land I've never been to before and didn't know I was going to travel to here. I'm looking out at a forest through these windows of a conservatory in a rented cabin with three friends, three new friends, three people I had never met before nine days ago. <laughs> we all traveled to Copenhagen to go out to Askeby, Denmark, for the, I think it's pronounced moon retreat, although because it's M-O-N, I want to say mon, but that's not correct in Danish for a level three authentic relating course. This is a leadership training that I first did last summer. And in this capacity, I acted as a mentor as part of my level four training for a certification as a facilitator for Art International. And these amazing humans came for their own reasons to expand their own leadership capacity in working in this practice of bringing more of their authentic being into their everyday life and into their work. And I thought it would be a real treat to capture the voices of these incredible humans that I've been spending time with. And so it's a real honor to welcome Tom and Ash and Mercury to the Pink Noise radio show. Hmm. <laughs> hey guys. Hello. Hi. Hello. Tom, thanks for the guitar <laughs> interlude opening. You're welcome. Nice to have you all here. And so the thread of aliveness, you know that's my jam. <laughs> and we are here to amplify our gold. I'm here to amplify your gold, to mine and shine that gold within. And so what I love to do for my listeners is unpack some of that. Unpack what it is that makes you shine. What are the threads of aliveness? And maybe we can just work our way in with a bit of a, why are you here? What did you come for? Why did you show up for this program? Who wants to begin? And maybe as our listeners get used to our voices, you might just say your name in this early stage of the conversation. Yeah, sure. My name is Mercury. And... You know, what makes me feel really alive is stepping out of the workshop and training space I'm so familiar with. So much of my life in transformational workshop spaces, being able to step out of it, being able to step out of it and really feel the incredible magic that was alive when I was there as fully as I can, separate from that. Being able to be the master of my own life and not relying, not relying on someone else to create that experience for me. I love this idea of co-creation. I love when it happens outside of a workshop space. Then I know I've really got it, that I've really mastered it. I know that it requires being really close with others to do so. That's a really bold step for me in my life. Which is why it's so beautiful to be here in this in the woods, in this conservatory in Sweden with you all. Because this is, this is me landing 
a deep, deep longing in my life. And if I were to back you up, I mean, part of me wants to say, fuck yeah. That's why I'm here in the forest in Sweden with you all too, is to land, is to integrate. But what I'm really curious about is what brought you to the level three leadership training in the first place. What was it in your life that you were looking to have access to you didn't feel you had access to before? Because that's a commitment. That's a big commitment of resources. So what was that spark? So I'm Tom. Uh, my voice. <laughs> um, for me, it kind of happened by accident. The beginning of this year, I was in India and I attended a two hour workshop on transformation. And something that became so apparent to me when I entered this workshop space was the only prerequisite for me to show up there was to be myself. And something about that is so inviting that I kind of just felt so right in committing money to do these trainings, which is something that's quite rare for me. Um, I have a self-judgment that I'm a bit stingy and like not willing to you know, invest that kind of money. So it's all very new for me. And this particular level three was because I wanted to get to a point where I could dig deeper and see what was real and move from that place rather than a set of shoulds or you know, societal norms or something like that. But see why I'm doing what I'm doing, where it comes from, and move forward. Following the thread of aliveness. I love the humility that you're, you brought to your answer and the, the reveal around the, what I would label as scarcity of the financial resource. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I struggle with as well. Stepping into the and I think for me, what I've unpacked is that I have to value myself in order to extend the financial resource for the cause of the development. And as soon as it got to level three, I could say it's professional development instead of personal development. For some reason, that made it more acceptable. That this is part of my professional advancement mm. after level one and level two. But I'm appreciating what you're naming mm. as, your, as your why for showing up and stepping into it. And to stay with you for a minute, how was it then? How was it to have that intention and show up how you showed up? What, is it, what does it feel like now that you've been through it? I'm really feeling everything quite a lot. And noticing the propensity to not distract myself from sensations that arise in the body in regards to not resisting life and what it's showing me. 
So that's what I'm experiencing now. And the shoulds and the expectations that I had on myself from before have faded away. And it's still a rise, okay? Yeah. But it's less of a concern now. And in terms of the leadership aspect and the facilitation aspect of the training, feel that I have gained some sort of access to leadership within myself. Um, how important it is to make my inner world that I have a sense of mastery over, or at least acceptance and insight into, and bring my inner world outwards. This is something that we've talked about previously. Yeah, and the thing I really resonated from previous conversation you and I had was creating art in the world. And I don't know, maybe you can talk more about that. Yeah. Being art, I know I know for me that was something that, that showed up in especially the way that Europeans received me with my pink hair and accessories and razzle-dazzle. Mm. Uh, I got some reflections that particularly Europeans, more so than maybe Americans, judge that as superficial and a mask to being seen for the more raw and naked me mm. underneath all that. And I had no idea that it would be a barrier to connection. And as the days unfolded, that perception dissolved and people saw my heart and they saw my wisdom and my love. And through that, they were able to come and reveal their impression of me. And I always imagined that the way that I showed up was just an expression of my desire to put more art into the world through me and in talking with you, Tom, um, you've used this term about life jazz mm. as a musician. And so that's what I hear was a punctuated lesson for you through this course was realizing that you in your being in your aliveness means that you play one note, you make one move in your life. And all that matters is the compatibility of the next step to the one you just took. No, that's not resonating from the look on your face. Uh, so in what you just spoke, uh, you conjured up the musical side of me. And uh, what I think of when you say one note and the compatibility of the next I'm not so concerned with compatibility because in music you also have dissonance. It's more that every step is with integrity and the thread of compatibility is a sense of it being real, a sense of it being right. 
putting your foot forward, not knowing where the step is going to land, but just trusting that it will. I see your desire to feel the rightness in your body with the moves that you're making in your life. Mm. And so what I get about you now is not the, that it's not about the compatibility. It's about the sensations of being Tom and that it feels good to take step B or C or D. And that's really the only gauge. That's your, your pendulum is, is waving there over the rightness for Tom. Mm. In an inner knowing, rather than a external judgment, whether it's an mm. inner knowing. And my sense of you is that you expanded that this past week. Is that true? That is true. <laughs> Yay, <laughs> art level three. <laughs> What about for you, Ash? Why did I come to Art Level 3? Yeah, let's start there. Okay. Um, well, besides uh, working with the co-founders outside of actually taking the courses, um, it was both professional and personal development for me at this stage in the sense that I don't actually know where I'm going with it, but I want to go there. So I just get on the train and I'm in transit towards wherever this is taking me. And so far, in, um, the more I lean into this training, um, the more I feel like I'm filling myself out, like I'm expanding into who I fully am. And this was very edgy for me. Had I known like I was going to facilitate an hour prior to getting on the plane <laughs> and coming and um, I maybe would have worried, but I don't even know now if that's already an old story. And I, I'm already past that part of me that couldn't speak in front of people or hold people in a room um, or put my voice on a radio show, for example. <laughs> Um, yeah, it all feels like old stories have been retired in hyperspeed and I'm catching up. And now after this week, I'm like, wow, I'm really in a new chapter. Like the old stories, I'm closing that book even. And I just feel so to kind of transition into like how I'm feeling now. Um, Post-training, it really felt like I arrived a dimmed version of myself and I like as I walked through the doors and was with everyone and was with this practice in the forefront of my mind and not just in somewhere within me really putting it in the forefront I could just fully show up and I was met in that and existing in that space with others um, under the theme of leading and facilitating one another, I just felt like I feel now so much bigger. So, so much more like, yeah, embodied. I'm really curious about these old stories. I heard you say they 
think what I heard you say was they dissolved at a rapid pace. Just by your willingness to show up and reveal more of who you are, you were able to dissolve stories that you were hanging on to about who you thought you were. Would you share any of those with us? Would you be willing to reveal even more of yourself? The old stories, yeah. those parts of my story. Yeah, I mean, I think as humans, we relate to each other when we feel resonance with, man, I had that story too. You know, and so, yeah, I, I kind of want to go there. I want to dig a little deeper and, and, and see if you could tell us what, a couple of examples of what you let go of. Absolutely. Um, an old story that I didn't even presence, but at some point in the week realized like, oh, this wasn't me a year ago, <laughs> um, would be like, I don't know how to speak in front of people, like in front of a room of any number more than five human beings. I don't know how to have my, like even in a group setting, I had like, uh, maybe it was a bit of social anxiety or something. I don't know that I feel actually that authentic to, to label it like that, but um, I've seen it even in my core friend groups, like this withhold and this shyness to put my voice into the space if there's a certain amount of people. So the idea of then fast forwarding and I'm actually putting my voice in front of 28 people and then uh, doing that with regularity and then also facilitating people for an hour that's just like oh wow that story is totally gone um, and another one was like it's not so clear as that but something about who am I to think that I can hold people's attention or that my I'm ready to offer something to these incredible beings beside me. And in being here this week and hearing the impact and just really feeling and witnessing the impact and just knowing that what I have to say is important, I'm like, that's totally an old story. Like, I'm really adding to others' experience. And my voice belongs in this room. Can I get a hallelujah? <laughs> yeah. So nice. Mm. You want to reflect what you heard Ash say? So, what I heard you say was the effect of having old stories about talking in front of people, more than five people. I heard you talk about stories your head that told you something along the lines of who am I to talk and hold people's attention and I felt joy hearing you and like seeing your face because I resonate with that and my relation to what you're saying is showing the world your inner world show the outer world your inner world by doing that there's a great deal of healing that's how I feel and I relate to my own experience wanting to show 
outside world, my fucking crazy inner world, which is full of colours and concepts, music, movement, love and care. And it, I was looking at your face and I was just thinking, like, fuck yeah. Basically. Not in those words, but along the lines of that. What's it like for you to hear that reflection? I just feel excited to, to be here with both of you and talking about this and feeling like the, the shedding of all of our old stories that we walked into that room with nine days ago or however many days ago now. Um, and I hear the resonance in the value that we see, like the, the Venn diagram of our values where we share like wanting to reveal ourselves and to witness others in that reveal as well and like really know each other, really know ourselves and show up as ourselves and really create a space in our own existence and together where people can do the same. And there's like so much richness in that. And now we're like co-creating something from that space. Yeah. In this moment, we're co-creating content for a pink noise show. <laughs> and who knows what else to follow? Yeah. Well, I actually do know one thing is that Tom and I are going to be collaborating on creating creative, artistic merchandise for Art International because I stepped up to volunteer to be an art curator, which isn't what it would sound like when I was a gallery owner, but in this sense, art being authentic relating training international as a company and Tom here being a graphic designer and illustrator so exciting things to come in terms of collaboration and co-creation that does feel very exciting I want to rewind for a minute to the beautiful insight you had Ash you got to drop a limiting belief and I imagine that took some, something. I don't want to be quick to name it. Like a word that came to me was courage. That it took courage to start talking in the space. Maybe the very first time. And what I'm sensing about your response to that experience is that it was positive. You were met. You were seen. People got you. And in that, we expand a little more. You know, if I think about this thing from a, you know, when, when our needs aren't getting met, when we're scared, when we're feeling less than, my body starts to cave in, collapse. My shoulders come in closer to my chest. My head is a little bit lower on my neck like my body turns inwards, almost as if to protect the tender parts of myself from being seen. And when I change my idea, my belief, about how a group is willing to receive me, my shoulders go back. You know, I'm, I, I'm a little firmer in my seat. I can hold eye gaze a little longer. 
My words become clearer. And I just thought of the opening line to my haiku during sacred ceremony at the end, which is rooted in my truth. The opening five syllables of my poem. And as I'm doing this body positioning, as we're sitting here talking together and I'm pulling my shoulders back and I'm planting myself in my seat and I'm feeling confident in my words and this message, I'm realizing that in this moment, I'm rooted in my truth. And when you talk about the difference of being heard and seen, and you were able to dissolve this limiting belief. I imagine that as you shared more over the course of the week, I'm wondering how present was that old story? Like, were you just able to completely abandon it? Or was it this process? Was it a gradual, like, it got 10% less scary, it got 20% less scary, it got 30% less scary? Or did you just decide to ball it up and throw it like a softball, like out of the field? Well, this is one of the most exciting findings for me is that it just didn't even come with me. Like it was left on the plane or even before then somehow. And I just noticed um, in so many moments, like, I'm not afraid to do any of these things, actually. And something that had been on my mind in the last couple of years is I used to feel so deeply unmet by people in the sense where I'm like, can't you just see me fully? I, I want to be here. And I realized I wasn't showing up fully. And so no one could really receive me fully. Like I'm showing up halfway expecting to be received fully. I will always be disappointed. No one can receive all of me if half of me walks in the door. And I really feel like I just walked fully in this door and showed up fully the entire time and was received fully because I just showed up fully. Like it was, it was the space creation and it was also the context and it was so much me that I was just, here I am, I am here. And I just felt more and more power throughout the week, like a lot of confidence in what I was offering and this like beacon of truth I feel like is coursing through me. Like I really know what's real for me, what my, where I'm rooted. What's my truth? And to see, I, I didn't even expect or need anyone to agree with me and to have so much impact on others just bolstered me up for sure. I was like, wow, okay, I should do this more. Like put my voice out there, hold people, be with people and also be with the charge of like, whoa, that had a negative impact on me. Like I could really hold it all. And it all felt really valuable. Just wrote down, no one can receive all of me if I leave half of me at the door. And it speaks to the greatest insight for me. When I revealed part of my truth, I saw that it was, I hadn't allowed sadness to be okay. 
I hadn't allowed myself to be received with any sadness that was ever in my body. And when some sadness came out and I was met for maybe the first time in my life by people who were at this conference who were showing care for me, the feedback I got was now there's more of you to love. You, I don't just love you because you're a sparkly rainbow most of the time. I also love you in your sadness. I love you in your grief. I love you in your despair. I love you in your mess. And when Natasha just delivered that, so, so much focus and intention, she was beaming it right into my heart. There's more of you to love now. And I start to wonder what we're not seeing in each other. Outside of this course, the people in my life, where am I not meeting them where they are? And it takes me all the way back to a, a friendship in my 30s. And I didn't get it at the time. And what she said was, I don't feel... I can be sad around you. And at the time, I just remember going like, well, gosh, of course you can. But just because I vibrate up here doesn't mean I can't meet you. And all these years later, what I, what I get now is that it's because I wasn't showing her my humanity. I wasn't revealing what it's like for me to be sad. So I wasn't meeting her in her sadness. And it's not that I have to mirror my emotions to someone else in order to be in connection. But what I'm getting is that there wasn't a belief that I could resonate because I didn't ever let my sadness show. I didn't think it was lovable. People that listen to me or, or follow my stories, either in the Unraveling podcast or in this show, know that I've talked about my relationship with um, the, the Victoria Truth Center, where I grew up going to church, and the opening message about the most important thing in life is to be happy. And when you are happy, you make others happy. And I fucking took it, like my mantra, like my living mission to spread joy to choose happiness. And my biggest lesson from this week is it doesn't mean I can't also be in my sadness. That's just so freaking profound. It really sounds like you're living that first principle of all is welcome more than ever really welcoming more of yourself. So Tom, I'll turn to you and see if there's anything alive. And is there a part of you that feels more welcome now? To be seen, to be expressed, to be felt. It makes you more whole 
in day six of our program, we talk about wholeness. As you've been speaking, I've actually got a lot of anxiety surrounding the unseen, unshown parts of me we're dealing with. This isn't new for me. It's a familiar feeling. I'm still human, even though I've completed the art level three. And what I'm learning to navigate the delicate balance between honouring self and honouring others, and how it relates to our dealing and being seen. It became apparent to me that my voice, my impression was that my voice was a loud one within the context of the group during the training, and that my process was potentially quicker than others in the group. And I became aware of my desire to just throw my experience into the mix and just to be seen for something, preferably in a good light. I'd love to have been seen in Yeah, and I still do. I think what has changed is realizing that by honoring others in my reveals, I'm honoring myself. Whereas before, I might have had a deep craving to just reveal the shameful parts of myself, parts that I feel shame around or you know difficult things to share. Now I'm able to sit with them more and see like following the thread of life, following what feels right and sharing from that place now as well. And accepting that I'm human, accepting that it's a process and not a destination. I'd like to go back to something you said and you started that with talking about what it was like to share in the group for you and in honoring others you honored yourself and I think I'm looking for a little more flavor of that like can you say more in honoring others Considering that with my shares, I'm honouring myself and vice versa. And I'm, I'm drawing a balance between feeling a craving to share myself and my experience, but also recognising that the reactive part of my mind, which just wants to react and react and react and react, isn't the most nourishing voice to be listened to, myself and others. 
So what becomes alive for me is the sensations of those voices that occur as I'm listening to Ash, as I'm listening to you speak about showing yourself, showing more of yourself. The fear is that if I show myself, I won't be accepted. And I came in with, with that at the beginning of the training, and I'm leaving with it. But I feel more skill in recognizing my internal experience in relation to Ash. I have a desire to interpret what you said, if I may. I think that's a great next step. Okay. <laughs> I really felt you in what in what you shared and what I now know about you and what I've learned about you in this really intimate week together. And if I may interpret instead of reflect some of what you said. Um, what I heard and how I processed what you were sharing was um, that we're all learning the potency of revealing ourselves and that's been a, a big topic in this particular discussion and we know the necessity to honor self and honor other and somehow inherently that's like honoring the connection between of self and of other so sometimes revealing yourself is not in service of the connection. And so in that moment, it might not be in your best interest to just reveal your experience because it will create dissonance in the connection and in the resonance of the room. And so you can have this yes and or this both experience of like, yes, I feel a charge within me or something's really alive. And maybe if I just sit with that, I'll notice that it's actually reactive and it, its potency will fade in just a few moments. And then you can get to a place of responsive instead of reactive. And from that responsive place, it will likely service the connection to yourself and to the others in the room. So I interpret that you've, you're learning that balance between this is alive, I want to react and pausing and then noticing, oh, wait, the response is coming instead. How is that interpretation for you? What I appreciate about your interpretation is the, connect the connection between the practice of revealing yourself, honoring self and others. And in, in practicing both in tandem, you're actually honoring the connection. And I've never heard it like that. And I was just like, in my mind, I just had like a check box ticked off. And I felt a sense of relief being seen where I am in my process. And also understanding that I have had some big reveals or like what I feel to be big reveals and been completely accepted and welcomed in that. And so it feels good to be like, this is my boundary at the moment. This is where I am. And there's something about that that's nice and new. Whereas before I would maybe try and use humor 
or I try and cut the tension or I would shift the focus. You're just saying, this is where I'm willing to meet you right now. And so, yes, reveal your experience, but in time, in a way that feels constructive. And maybe this is a misinterpretation of the practice. Coming in hot in the practice, sharing some very vulnerable, alive things in me, realizing that I can slowly reveal myself, honoring the connection. I hear you wanting to like warm the skillet before throwing the ingredients on there and set the tone, the first note before laying out the harmony and seeing what like two people or multiple people can co-create if it's primed and warmed up instead of just throwing the ingredients out of pan and being like, well, hopefully this all cooks. Mm. Um, which just sounds like a splash of patience and trust and uh, being with yourself. Mm. Not necessarily withholding all those ingredients, but maybe <laughs> some of them. I have a sense that all going to come out anyway. All, all, all will be revealed. I have a sense or an interpretation of karma. So just bundles of complexes and behavioral patterns and things that have been trained in us, things that we've learned, habits. None of those truly represent the truth. And so over time, they'll just bubble away unravel and almost impossible to be perfect and unravel them at any point. So I resonate with the patience. All will be revealed. I like to think of a fern unfurling in its own time. Mm. It's all there, coiled up in the unfurling process. So beautiful. I'm enjoying witnessing the sweet connection between the two of you. And I'm also really present to the idea that I kind of checked out. Mm. And it's it's so risky for me to name that I checked out of my my own, you know, um, facilitated conversation here. So I'm really glad you two were in it together. And I just feel like I want to name what happened for me is when you made the metaphor of putting the raw ingredients in the skillet. And what I got about that is a cooking style of mine that's been noted by people I've lived with over the past few years. As I have all this passion for food, and I gather all these incredible ingredients and my mouth is watering the idea of these combination of flavors. And I just whip this frenzy thing and go here and it's a mashup, it's called a smorgasbord. When I've been around people who are foodies, who are chefs, who have an appreciation for the quality of the individual ingredients and the flavor, there is a timing, there is an art to warming that skillet up 
and knowing the order in which to put the food in the scale. And I have never possessed that skill. So what I'm getting now is that the way that I've cooked in the past and thrown all these ingredients into a pan without any thought or care to the timing could be a hologram for how I show up in life with all this enthusiasm and energy throwing all these things, but there's a mastery, there's a finesse. And I feel like that's the phase I'm in right now is I'm finessing my timing as a leader, as a facilitator, as a peer, as a friend, as a partner, in all the ways that I show up, finessing my timing. And that's what I was stuck on. I think that's what we were talking about, is the ingredients in, in the relationship of connection. Of like, if I throw the onions on at the wrong time, how does that affect the entire dish that I've now made, or that I want to make to nourish all of us? So it sounds like you were deep in the thought that we were all stewing in. Does it feel important to back up? I'm wondering if you want to interject here with a statement like, hey, do you suppose everyone knows what a hologram is? So my interpretation of a hologram is that a hologram is two-dimensional, maybe like a sheet of paper type thing that has an image in it. And when you move this two-dimensional image, it looks like a 3D image. So it's like a 3D image on a 2D surface. And the curious part of this 2D surface is if you cut off any piece and you look at it, it has the whole image in it. And in relation to how you show up, in the world, in every moment. The idea is that there's a resonance between how you do what you're doing now and how you do everything. And maybe by really observing what is happening right now with the knowledge that it might be how you do everything, there can be huge amounts of healing in that. And it reminds me of The idea that all saints and all sages in the past have said, know thyself. And I feel a deep resonance between the two in that sense. If you know how you do one thing, you know how you do all things. So with that said, I'm wondering in these last few minutes that we have together, what's actually alive for you that you feel there's a a key that you've found that's unlocked something for you in your life that's added to you feeling more expansive and less constricted. What's the, what's the texture of that? The texture of that expansive feeling that how you're more embodied. And Mercury, it's nice to welcome you back into the conversation. Yeah. 
And it feels really good to be welcomed back. I think that speaks to really this notion of the hologram as it matters for me. Feeling of being welcomed, how do I actually respond to that? Like, there's lots of moments where I feel like I step away. Or I sometimes feel like I do, I run away. And I notice people reaching out to me. So you reach out to me now, you see that I'm kind of in the space again, and you welcome me back. In this moment, do I really feel like I'm back here with you? To the extent that I can feel that here right now with you, in the spirit of the hologram, I get a chance to see how do I do this in my wider spaces with people when they pull me back into their life. Am I repeating that old pattern of running away? I feel right now that I'm really back here with you, that I really received that welcome. I feel like I'm breaking a pattern. Remember you asking from the participants here that we're, we're with what the art level three was about for them. And for me, it's about breaking that pattern. When I feel the need to run away. And I break that habit that is so deeply rooted. It feels really good for you to welcome me back here. I feel really received. I'm feeling so much joy and seeing the look on your face and the eye contact that we're sharing. There's, there's just a genuine joy and it, it's, it's lovely to experience that. And then to realize how simple the action of acknowledgement. It was just an acknowledgement that you're back, you're back with us, you're back in the space. And that seemed to change and you softened and took a breath and brought your voice back to us. Is there more that you'd like to share before we close? Just the importance of feeling that I'm here with you. Even when I step away, I can come back and still be welcome. That feels like a very important seed for me to have planted in me in the time that we said we've just become friends just a little bit more than a week ago to know that I'm really here with you and that I'm welcomed it sounds so simple in the words but the, the real deep embodiment is speaks back to years and years where I didn't really feel it I was always feeling distant I let that go so I can be more here with you. Thank you. And remember the core ingredient in the values exercise last night? Your foundational value was trust. And what I feel we've earned is your trust. And when it's lacking, I think that's when we have a hesitation to show up and feel welcomed in spaces where maybe trust isn't present. There are many reasons I don't trust, but I'm finding fewer of them. I do feel, I do trust the people I'm with. I'm with you. I would like to name something that came up for me as you showed up, and that was a sense of comfort that you're here, uh, and that you're back. Um, 
for me, I was getting disrupted by this desire for the podcast to be a success. Like I want it to be good for you. I want it. I want. I want to be seen as uh, entertaining or ghost an actual uh, ghost, <laughs> an entertaining host. Uh, no, that's wrong as well. But this is it. This is a hologram, and the hologram is by training. I am a performer. I am a, an artist, I'm a visual artist, I'm a performer. And the hologram for me is that I need to be prepared. I need to be rehearsed. And as Mercury was speaking, I realized that that was my hologram and that I could contribute now. After the sense of comfort of him returning, I dropped into it. The hologram for me is that I can just show up in my most unrehearsed state as just me being human and just allow life to unfold as it is and as it needs to be. And if resistance comes up, that's fine. Welcome the resistance, welcome the experience. And that is something that has, has become more rooted in my being in terms of embodiment. And as an entertainer and a performer, as we wrap up our conversation, I'd love to invite you to play us out with a song. Would you be willing? Yeah, yeah, I would. Maybe we'll, we'll see what kind of final remarks Ash has and then feel comfortable to, to pick up your guitar. And Thank you. Well, in hearing Mercury and, and referencing something I already mentioned, uh, I think that my hologram that I really digested this week was this feeling of not showing up fully and ex or, yeah, expecting to be received fully. And one of the first notes I, I wrote on the first day of our training was I noticed feeling outside of it and wondered why I wasn't including myself. And I think if I were to rewind that statement would have been, why wasn't I included? And now I know I wasn't including myself. I wasn't bringing all of me to be involved. I wasn't welcoming myself back, regardless of whether or not I was welcomed. And um, yeah, I really love witnessing my process around including myself and showing up fully so that others may receive me fully. And it's that invitation, like when you were speaking to this friend of yours who, um, didn't feel like she could express her sadness because she never saw you in your sadness. It's by me being more fully me, it is an inspiration and invitation for you to be more fully you. Connection is the thing that matters. It's, it's the essence of the quality of life I'm committed to living. Is seeking meaningful connection with others. That is what I'm available for. Such a practice, the art of being human. It's practicing our humanity every day. And it's a real treat to be doing it in the company. The song is called To See and Be Seen. Thanks, Tom. I just want to say thanks for tuning in to Pink Noise Radio. And we'll be back same time next week with more authentic conversations. 
Until then, keep being human. Oh